Hi, hello, what's good? It's your favorite procrastinating podcast host, Melissa Hout. I'm back on the block and welcome to YYZ Podcast, your weekly source for all Toronto hot takes. So without further ado, let's get into this week's episode where we talk about the city, planning, living, and there's a special guest. So let's get into it. All right, so I have Alexandria Ellington here with me. Say what's up to the peeps. Hi, how are you? I'm good. So it's tradition. (laughs) By tradition, I mean I've done this like twice, but it still counts as tradition. You got to shout out, like, what's your background? What are you repping? That's the Toronto question. So what are you repping? Um, I'm an urban and regional planning student at Ryerson University. Shout out to Rye High. (laughs) In my fifth year. I'm a part-time planner for, I work in public arts and planning. Super cool. So there's a lot of planning questions. There's a lot of planning things going on in the city. Some that people are happy with, some that people are not happy with. And I'm just curious to get your take on some of it or just in general. So a bit of a two-part question. What would you say are examples of some good planning that you see in the city and what are some examples of some straight up trash planning? Some I know see obviously I can think of ten examples of bad planning, but to think of good planning, like there's Yo, obviously go off good on the plan. Bad. Go there's off on good the planning. <laughs> I'm like, wait, it's on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> um Regent Park, <laughs> bad planning. The original setup. The regional, okay. So originally it was designed to have one entrance and one exit. Right. And I believe that Lawrence Heights was designed similarly. And um, they realized that in the event of an emergency or crime happening or whatever not, that that was just not a safe way for people to live. Or just a regular day. Like, yeah. if, you, if you can't get out to go to work because there's one route and it's blocked... Your whole day's mashed up. Because what happens is, like, let's take Lawrence Heights. You now create, as they call it, the the jungle. Because right. everyone's entrapped in. And Like, how are you getting in and out? You're not allowing for children, especially, to access other places to play or to hang out. You're just containing them. And you're not allowing them to see beyond what's around them. Right. And I feel like we do need to see, you know, what's over there? What's over there? Maybe you want to see your down mall from your house. You never know. Right. And it's just a good safety amount of planning. Like yeah. everyone knows when they're a kid and they're playing and their mom says, I you I need to be able to see you yes. or I need to be able to know that you're around the corner. If So it's just it's more so like that was just not sensible planning. That is bad planning. Right. Actually, okay, I have one from a non planning perspective, but I just have such a like continuous hate for this area. Liberty Village. (laughs) I cannot stand that area. Every chance I get, I tell everyone I know I hate Liberty Village so much. Why? Because it's similarly designed. Transit-wise, there's only the 504 to get in and out. There's no subway. Or you have to go all the way up to Dufferin Mm -hmm. because the exhibition loop doesn't even reach there. You also have the exhibition go, but it's close in theory, but it's not well designed. Like, I remember Mm -hmm. if I had to go east to Union Station, because if you need to catch any other go line besides the exhibition line, you can't catch it there, which is also dumb, but whatever. (laughs) You have to go under the tunnel and then come all the way up. So that's another maybe three minutes, which is the difference between you catching the train or you waiting another 20 minutes for the train. And then same thing, like the road networks, they are all dead ends. So you can only really get out along that one, I can't remember what it is, the East-West Street, the one East-West Street. That's it. Wasn't Liberty Village gentrified as well? 
Oh, yeah. 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 It used to be an industrial, right. primarily industrial right. thing, and they just slapped condos in there. Because most industrial areas did have dead ends. Mm-hmm. So I guess that it never really altered the roadway network before ah. that they put the residential and businesses down. I like Liberty Village because, I mean, it has the industrial look. And, like, I like it. Has it has it on the west side, like, yes. closer to Dufferin. But once you start getting west mm-hmm. towards Strawn, ugly. See, so okay, I like Liberty Village in the sense of I only go there to rock climb and I only go there to eat. Fair. So, I tell everybody I would never live there. See, this is my point. <laughs> so, that is, I guess we're on the same page right. about that. Transportation issue in Liberty Village can be solved by TTC. Not solved, but can be improved by TTC very simply. I think that TTC is more so, they do plan for areas with money. And it's just recently that they've started to realize that all areas need connectivity. Well, it's not even a chicken and egg, but there's so many aspects of things that come together because Mm -hmm. someone who might be more likely to be in a lower income bracket might be a new immigrant and that person might be of a certain racial community or different racial communities and if they are of a lower income then they might have to live further out and then there's no subway stations further out so then they're spending more time on a bus to get to where they need to go right but let's take a look at rexdale like how often do those buses come Right, but at and, the same time, it's like you have something right. like Dufferin, which oh. you have mad buses Suffering? on the... Suffering. <laughs> Suffering. Let me tell you, I <laughs> once saw a man get a hot coffee thrown on him on the bus. I had headphones in, and it was like a movie. Oh. I turned to the side, and all so I see is a woman literally... I don't even know a, a Blue Jays pitcher because like, I don't really watch baseball, but she had the arm and just whipped... A hot coffee at this man and he just sat there at the back of the bus drenched in coffee for the rest of the ride anyways but i'm saying dufferin i see 29s running frequently but that's not always to say that just because a bus is running that it's the best service for the route because suffering right. like if you've ever caught the suffering in the morning no i used to <laughs> and let me tell you i've been privileged enough let me tell not you let me they should give you an extra sticker on your metro pass like if you've taken the suffering because they don't call it that for anything or it's for wor- nothing it's the worst transit road in north america i believe yeah and that road's crusty that road is so crusty <laughs> honest to god well you can't close it down to do any construction because it's already so busy <sighs> i i you know that's an old street and they just didn't design it well i don't think they ever expected that traffic to be on dufferin my mom has actually said it's been called suffering from she was in high school okay. she was in high school in 1970 well you know <laughs> something <laughs> so it's been my grandma when she came to canada no she's she's 80 she said dufferin was always like my 85 year old grandma and my 90 year old grandpa have said dufferin has not changed since they were in their early 30s I feel like, do you think that Toronto is too reactive or is it just, what do you think the main problem is? Because you're saying there's a lot of plans or is it just that not a lot of people have thought far ahead? Because I look at some streets sometimes and I'm like, did they ever think more than 10 people were going to drive on this? Because clearly this was not planned for any more than 20 people. I lived in Ottawa for the summer. Okay. And um, so right now Ottawa is hiring like 
if you're if you're a planner and you want a job right now, Ottawa is hiring a lot of people. If you just need to know, um, so Ottawa has seen what's going on in Toronto, and they're like, we don't want to be Toronto. We're not gonna play that. Okay. No. So they. Um, we're still cooler though but that's okay <laughs> we, we are <laughs> they have invested so much money into their like tech sector and also into their transportation so they're building lines right now wow they, out- they stopped building the LRT but when they saw it was happening in Toronto they're like let's just you know just build it speed this up because they expect to and also now that the LRTs are coming what do you see development condos oh which we never really saw <laughs> before Ooh. in downtown Ottawa Right? Except for the U Ottawa buildings and that. Yeah, but that's not Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's happening now. I think planning there, like you see the proactive because they've yes. seen the case studies. Vancouver, you kind of see proactive because they've seen the case study of Toronto. Although their housing they're, sector. Mm. Housing is reactive there. Right. Transit there was proactive, I would say, to True. a certain degree. Here, we are so reactive. <laughs> <laughs> And, and every, I don't know what they're doing. Okay, so Toronto was never supposed to be um, big. Apparently. They expected Montreal to be big, and um, Montreal is so cute, though. It is. They expected Montreal to be at the scale Toronto is today, and they were thinking, "Oh, if everyone's going there, we don't need to work on here." And then the banks started to come here, yes. and because rent was cheaper than Montreal at that time in terms of businesses. Now wow. Montreal is obviously less because you know because house- people can't speak French, right? Yeah. And housing there is really expensive. But is uh, that Montreal? I've, I've always known to be the cheap rent compared to here. Like, oh yeah, you will be balling there for what you pay here to live in the bag from McDonald's. <laughs> there, you can get a functional apartment. Yeah, but all my friends are Fedora runners or Uber <laughs> runners because they can't speak French. They can't get a job. So, but see, that's the caveat of them not being a lang- like knowing the language, but. If you know the language, the only thing though, their wages are lower. I will give yes, that, yeah. but it's more livable, I would say. It's a very livable city. Um, one of my friends, she's fully bilingual. Yeah. And she walked it because some either in Montreal, what I find is you're bilingual or you're not. That's like some because of the yes. schools. And so because she could speak both, she got some instructor right away. And so she was just teaching swimming and like her rent was paid for because she taught camp in Toronto where the wages are higher. Oh. So the wages from Toronto camp. T- paid for rent and that's she called left. living the dream <laughs> right oh my gosh let me get my french back together it is slacking right now but <laughs> i'm telling you it's the way to go sometimes so what do you think about the rail deck park proposal <laughs> okay so i was in pittsburgh and i was actually doing a project on their rail park proposal, and um I okay there I like because they like where they were doing it was already flat and it was okay. over a highway so there was that kind of like how the high line they already had right. in New York the high line right so it was by the arena where Sidney Crosby plays I don't remember yeah that. I don't care about that yeah and then, <laughs> yeah and then like so you know all these people are gonna go see their hockey game right and then they can eat their hot dogs right on this rail deck park and the vendors because before it was just parking lots so yeah the vendors have somewhere for the people to eat that was the whole concept uh, behind it and it was also to, it was also to support the development around it like they have yes. a lot of housing around it. And a lot of heritage and history. Interesting. Um, here, I just think that that's... It's a good idea. 
I don't like it. <laughs> That's my favorite because, thing ever. Because, um... Speak your truth. Speak your truth. Okay. It's such an expensive proposal. Hmm. Which I, I, they're going to go through with it because they're hiring planners to do it. As if but, right I mean, to be but, devil's advocate again, how many things over the history of Toronto have planners been hired true. and plans been tabled? I just don't like the idea of where it's placed. Right. Over the rail corridor. Right. I don't like where it is there. And I mean, a, a, a green space cap is always beautiful to look at. They have them in Weston to support the UP Express. Right. Yeah. <laughs> But um, it's a good idea in theory and concept. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if like I'm on board with it. I just not. So what would you say? Is there an alternative or like look at all the developers who do you think there needs to be a cap, for example, on cash in lieu then because well, people aren't building parks? Or do you think is there an alternative or is it just either like a zero sum? Mm-hmm. Like either we build it or we don't build it. I was doing a parkland study for Davisville and my idea was there are houses that are dilapidated city of toronto cannot buy them because we can only they can only pay up to a certain amount for a house in in that area obviously and which area in toronto can you pay for a house for cheap right but if you have 10 developers on a a street or block that are not block but like area that are developing to are proposing to build condos yeah why not get the cash in lieu to not to purchase that land knock down the house and build a green space because those houses in Davisville, for example, they have a lot of yard space. Yes. And if you were just to take one house, you could build a very high quality park. Interesting. I've never thought about that. You can take this money from the developments and you can put it towards, you know, maintaining or purchasing these lands and turn that into park space if you really wanted to think outside the box. So, question, do you think, even just from what you've seen in school or being out, do you feel that the field of planning is diverse generally, as in there's people from all different backgrounds or viewpoints or maybe accessibility needs? Do you feel like it's diverse enough to you? Is the practice diverse or are the people in practice diverse? Give me your thoughts on both. I think that in terms of Canadian planning. Yes. I think that the people in the practice are not diverse. It's not. There's not a lot of diversity. Interesting. It's still a very male-dominated field. Um, I can draw an example. Most of my graduating class, the men have gotten jobs already in the field, and the women still have not. Wow. Um, or they've gotten administrative assistant in the same companies. Mm. So it, it, you know, there is kind of that contrast there. Um, it's very male-dominated, wow. and um, in terms of like the practice itself, um, I think we're just starting now to acknowledge diversity in planning. And I think accessibility was addressed before diversity. Right. And I say this just in terms of, like, let's take Eglinton Avenue, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, Eglinton Avenue East has always been better serviced in terms of transportation Mm -hmm. or bus compared to Eglinton Avenue West. And when you look at all the transportation studies, they were saying for years, you need to give Eglinton Avenue West better service so that because the income levels in that area are low but when they studied it further they're low because the bus service and connectivity was so poor that these individuals could not get to work people were not going there because so their businesses could not survive and there's a lot of mom pop shops along Eglinton oh I know it I know so we have a diversity issue of income and of race and of age and of citizenship status that was taking place along that corridor which we will now see shift and gentrified by 20 2021 have we acknowledged 
acknowledge that diversity in terms of planning. And I think that now we're just starting to, we're just starting to study water management systems on reserves or just starting to study infrastructure, right? That was not a studio project at Ryerson up until about two years ago. Right. So I think that we're starting now, but there's work a lot to be of done. ground to cover. All right, y'all, that's the end of this first relaunch episode. Thanks to Alexandria again for coming through. If you have any questions, comments, want to be on the show, then shoot me an email at yyzpodcast at gmail.com. You can also catch up with the podcast on Facebook at yyzpodcast as well as on Twitter at YYZ podcast big news the podcast is also now available on stitcher so if you're about that life then stitcher is about that life too so subscribe comment leave a review tell me how you feel and if it's not good we'll fight just joking but uh thanks so much for listening and talk to you soon podcast music by simbo follow him on soundcloud peace (laughs) 